0: on Jordan? Hello Michael. How are you sir? Doing all right. Feeling caffeinated getting there. How about you? <laughs> it's still settling in. It's still settling still in. It. I feel good. I have a, a little too much heartburn action going on because yesterday uh, was a day of gluttony. So therefore, you Uh Yesterday was my birthday so I had. Oh shit
1: happy birthday I don't think I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <Yeah. laughs> We're so I just close. Ate
0: way too many things man i ate uh, like realistically a quarter of a birthday cake um just ribs all just way too much shit when i go over the top it's just it's way too much and yeah huh? the days leading up you know how birthdays turn into birthday weekends and everything like that so that's what's been going on so i have heartburn <laughs> so that's how i feel <laughs>
1: That's how like I, I feel like I'm getting old because now I get heartburn if I eat like more than, you know, a slice or two of pizza and then I like I'll wake up in the middle of the night like dying from like I guess just the dairy like in the cheese, you know, cheese if I have too much pizza or something and I have to take Pepto. And it's just like all these rules now I have to follow in case I just don't eat like normal like chicken and vegetables for fucking one day. It's it's good.
0: I think about that sometimes, but I feel like uh, as you get older, you start to recognize when you're optimized. So is it actually that you feel worse? Or maybe you just or,
1: powered through it when you were younger? You just yeah,
0: yeah, right. You just didn't know what feeling good felt like because you just had no <laughs> regulation at all. So then when you're completely optimized... If you Every have, day is a
1: shit show with your body when you're like 23, but yeah.
0: Right, right, right. So It's possible. Yeah.
1: Cool. Well happy birthday. So, any what what else? Uh, any do you guys like do anything special uh quarantine style or
0: <laughs> so yeah man because I live on basically a campsite. Uh we did a slip and slide. <laughs> we did, I'm like a five year old or like maybe a maybe a seven year old. A slip and slide, um like a pie face contest, um nice. <laughs> water balloons, and then we camped like on the other side of our property, where there's like a pond, and then uh el uh el Quixote came came to visit and it was it was uh it was pretty stressful, man oh shit <laughs> it was pretty stressful, yeah, they killed something nearby. they were howling, and then you hear like deer snorts, and then you hear growling, um which you know i'm I'm assuming they're fighting over their meal, <laughs> so then we just uh at like four in the morning just ran out and ran back to the house
1: damn yeah well,
0: close encounters
1: yeah shit well i'm glad you made
0: it <laughs> thanks man yeah. Uh, uh,
1: well i got the car so that's good so that's one less thing on the list finally finally so that's one less thing on my list yeah you're i think you're happier than i am about this i thing am being tired over of hearing with. about it just get the damn car so any yeah, car got that and just went for a couple cruises and uh, I don't know, generally trying to unwind work is just insane. Every week is more insane than the last. So I need some sunshine and some convertible in my life. So hopefully that helps. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just hanging out, man. Starting to get mentally prepped for, we're going back home for a wedding in, uh, like a month. So trying mm. to think about how to best tackle travel, which I'm not thrilled about but you know it's one of those things i I think that this is just going to be something we're faced with generally is like because i don't think there's going to be like a clear sort of end to all of this it's like at some point you're just going to have to be like well put on the hazmat suit and get on the plane (laughs) (laughs) right right, anything while you're on it but yeah so other than that um nothing dude just typical suburban bullshit normal stuff i got written up for having like a tree that was overgrown by the hoa i don't think i was telling you about that so i had to have some guys come out and trim that so that was my excitement friday of course they showed up right when i was getting on like one of the most important calls i've had and like ever and started grinding like fucking branches right outside my window i'm like cool so
0: that's the best people show up similarly here like i'll use a It's like a, whatever, a three or a four seasons room. I don't know what the proper definition is of the room, but I'll turn that into an office and then delivery people. Like when you pull into my driveway, you could see that part of the house and I'll be in session and they'll walk, like walk up to that door. (laughs) It's like, Hey, hold on. Just leave this stuff and go, please.
1: Yeah. And they always give you, I love like services cause they're always like, we'll be there sometime between 8am and 8pm. It's like, Oh cool. Let me just plan my day around that. You know, like, and right, right, right. they always need to talk to you and I'm never clear why it's like, we've already talked about what needs to be done. Like, just go do it. And then like send me the invoice or whatever. <laughs> it's like, I, I mean, I can point out the same thing again, but I don't think that's going to help you.
0: I, mean, I get why they work in those sort of time blocks but can you imagine if you were that vague like they could at least give you like a couple hours spread well no Some i'm fine with the spread somebody. but it's
1: just like they always like you know knock on the door and they need to talk to you but it's just like well yeah, c- could we not you know like guys <laughs> it's like it's really now especially working from home though, dude it's like yeah i can't i can't block out 12 hours of my calendar to wait to talk to you um right but yeah this is dope first world problems that we're dealing with here uh in any event, uh, thank you to our new subscribers who have signed up uh, to listen to us ramble every Sunday morning. Uh, so thanks for that. And uh, if you're interested in uh, giving us a shout, asking us for a topic, uh, emailing us whatever you want to do, reach out to us at InhumanPod or email us at InhumanPod at <laughs> And if you haven't already subscribed, don't forget to subscribe because otherwise you'll forget and then you'll miss... Us solving the world's problems every week. Every so week, go ahead and click Perfect. that button. Tap that button, whatever device you're on. Do it. <laughs> so, what uh, what what do you want to talk about today?
0: Yeah, man, I I, I wanted to talk about. Uh, I mean, obviously, thematically, all things related here. Um, but I feel like uh, comments, man. What's up with comments? What purpose do they serve? What is the issue? Why do we? Allow for comments on every single web page. Is there any sort of validity to any kind of comments? And internet I feel like you're, commenting. yes, internet commenting. And I feel like you're the perfect man to talk about this with because you have some experience <laughs> in this world, huh?
1: Trolling people online, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's an no interesting way. one. You know, it, it's funny because since last week, I've uh, I've been trying to take my own advice uh, or our own advice. You know, we talked about having an open mind and how, how I think particularly as it comes to divisive topics, engaging with people online in a way that's a little bit more aligned with maybe how you would in person, you know, and, and, and I think we're not good at that in person to begin with, but we're better at it. Like things that you do online are almost like diametrically opposed to the things that you would do if faced with that same situation on the internet. It's the same way yeah. that I think we are, we're assholes in cars, but we wouldn't do that same shit like on foot, <laughs> like I will ram my car in between. T- like if there's an inch gap and someone does something shitty, I'll fucking cut them off so goddamn fast. But like I would never cut y- in front of you in line at like you know Target or something. So I think about that all the time online because we have this veil of anonymity and and protection. There's no real repercussion unless you really go off the deep end. People are not gonna like find you and hurt you typically. And so I think we we just default to uh, venting our frustrations by just immediately attacking people. Right. And as we know, and I don't think we're breaking, uh, any news here, that's not really any way to to engage people with the opposing viewpoint. Right. If, if, if I'm arguing a and you who are arguing B, if I'm like, fuck B, um, then I don't, or I already mixed up my examples. If I'm like fuck, a, I'm like, fuck, hey, <laughs> I am. Uh, you're obviously not going to be like, oh, well, yeah, you're right. And let's let's uh, I'm glad we had this discussion. Of course, you're going to like double down, defend it and and, and get um, take a defensive position on it. And I think that's the stupidity of these discussions that we have these days. It's like we go immediately to attack and we don't actually try to understand where people are coming from. We just assume that they're stupid or evil or whatever and not just a subject of their environment. And and obviously like that's no way to have actual productive discourse. And so then you look at just inter- internet commenting as a whole and yeah, it's like, what is, you know, I don't know that we can solve this problem. I mean, I mentioned since last week, I've been trying to, not that I have a huge online presence, but like I've been trying to be very positive when I posted, like I, I posted pictures of the new car or whatever. And I was asking like some questions, uh, in uh like the the group for that car on facebook and uh, you know like when people interacted like rather than being like you know snarky or whatever which i think often is the default when somebody's like oh you think you're like oh you fit in that car you're tall it's like no i bought a car that i don't fit you <laughs> know I, mean? I would tell
0: you that to your face <laughs> yeah, yeah well
1: you would <laughs> but I, instead i'm like yeah you know like if i do this do that then i fit i actually fit pretty well um just trying to be like more objective or even like positive in the face of something that's just like a leading sort of annoying question, which it's sometimes tough. Cause it's like Jesus, dude, but making the conscious effort to do that and seeing if, if I can immediately sort of like steer back to a productive conversation and seeing if that affects like the whole conversation, meaning if there's more positive, like if you get 10 people interacting in a thread and you start to like early on, you know, keep it rooted in positivity. Like does that change the overall sort of narrative of that thread? But then, Can just generally. You? Oh, yeah,
0: go. Ahead. Oh, sorry, I- I'm curious. Can I just ask you? Because look, y- you're in the industry more than anybody else is in the industry. What is the per? W- w- when comment sections came to um, websites, what is what was the purpose of it? What, like, what was the idea behind? Oh, Jesus!
1: I don't know. I wasn't there when the, like the decision was made for the first time. Sure, but, I mean, is my this my take about on though? Yeah, I mean, we—I've talked. You know, this is like not a new thing, and this is a conversation that keeps coming up over the years. And this isn't specific to anything I do now. It's just like there's there's this ongoing question of like, what is the value? I think the value generally, and it and it, it it seems to be related to like the context of the property, right? Like, Facebook, Twitter, the whole value proposition is that discourse, right? It is conversation between users. If you if you get rid of that that's it. That's, there is no platform. That is the platform. Um, but when it comes to like media and having commenting, you know, I think it's looked at as a way of giving an opposing viewpoint. And and I think it also is rooted in the con the type of content, the context of the content. That's really important. Meaning like if you've got a site that's hyper contextualized and focused on a certain subject matter, like, Uh, technology or cars or audio equipment or uh, you know like anything that's sort of niche those I find that to be pretty useful sometimes because you have like one let's say it's a review of a piece of content or of of a piece of technology like this is a new uh, iPad you when you're reading a review typically it's like okay it's this one person's opinion based on one set of circumstance and they're giving you their opinion on what it was like to live with that product for whatever they had it for a week. Um, I think it's helpful to see the opposing. I think in the comments it's helpful to see a bunch of people who may also have that product saying like, "Yeah, you know, like they're pointing out that battery life is terrible." But in my experience, because I'm not running you know these applications, is actually pretty solid. Uh, for me, it, it worked out. It worked out all right. And you got a bunch of people engaging on that level where it's like user generated content is is how I sort of. Th- that's usually what that's referred to in terms of like user reviews or like user opinions and, and where it's, there is inherent value there. Um, and you see this a lot on like Amazon, right? I go to Amazon, oftentimes if I'm not even going to buy the product from them, just to look at all of the user reviews, not to say that they're not chock full of like bots and paid reviews and bullshit, which is like a whole problem in and of itself, which we should talk about. But you know, I think it's helpful to see, I can, I can look at what a handful of, of reviews from professionals say, but I also want to see like, what are the 10,000 people who bought this thing? Think of it after a year, right? Like that's another data point.
0: And so that's labeled as reviews though. That's not labeled as comments. You know what I mean?
1: But they are con I mean, they're, they're user generated content. They are comments on a page. Um, and I, and I, I look at them similarly when it comes to like consumer focused content, right? Um, on news, if we if we stick there, and that's where I think the bulk of the problem is, right? The value prop is, is a lot harder to define. I think it's interesting, you know, you, you engage the audience. There's value there. There's literal value there, right? Um, because an engaged user is going to generate more page views. They're going to, you know, recirculate through the content more. I mean, these these are not like this is not news. Um, in terms of if you are a frequent commenter, you're logged in. You're doing more shit per compared to the average, right? Um, I think where it gets dicey is like, what is the value prop to the user? Like take everything else out of the mix. Is there benefit in engaging the audience when we know what's going to happen, right? We're going to have political content. You're going to have all sorts of divisive topics and you're going to have people arguing. There's never a perfect way. You know, there are sites that do a really good job at it. And I'd argue maybe there's 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 value. They're like New York Times. I don't know if you have ever read the site, but they they have really heavy content moderation. Um, they really filter and sort of prune the comments and only highlight the ones of like the highest whatever they deem the highest value. And that's pretty solid. Um, but again, you, you, this is Even like that
0: though. There's got to be someone moderating it. Yeah, there's like, got to be. That-
1: you have to throw a tremendous resource at moderating it. You have to prune through the things there's also some argument i guess for censorship right because they're it's just their craft sure. potentially could be crafting a narrative by only picking the comments that they think are worth promoting and burying the other ones and so that's dicey right so when you when you think about complete underregulated content with with the exception of um you know obviously like filtering out profanity and hate speech and things like that um i think that's where it's still dicey right like if, even if you just end up with Objective or not objective, but like if you end up with people's comments from left, right, center and at all varying levels of extreme viewpoints, it's usually not a productive thing. And and I don't you know, when you think about the audience, unless you have an audience that's very polarized, if the comments aren't, it's just going to draw this argument out. Right. Like it, it it's like by seeing the opposition, um, you have you have the cross section of the article and however you decide that it's politically aligned or, or that it, whether it's viewpoint is valid. And then you have this discussion in the bottom that might align with that might not. And then it just draws people in and it's this abyss. And I, I, I wonder, you know, yeah, what is the value? Um, I think the, the initial hope and thought was that you could give users a, an outlet to, to discuss it and to like talk about the nuance because not everything can be covered in, you know, a few paragraphs, if it's like a quick news piece or whatever. But I think what we're seeing now, particularly with the proliferation of Facebook and Twitter and social media in general is that the oftentimes the, the value is just not there, uh, but we continue to do it and it's, it's a problem.
0: I, I guess when I'm thinking about it, right, even the way that it's phrased, it's, it's, called the comment section. It's not, a co- it's not called the discourse section. It's not called the discussion section. And the comment section comes at the bottom of the article, right? And at the top of the article, I mean, obviously, there's an article, and there's who wrote the article. So at face, to me at least, it seems like you would be commenting to the author or potentially the publisher. But that's not how it happens, obviously. People are, you know, commenting about their um, – opinions that may have nothing to do with the article or the author or whatever which is a confusing thing for me so I get that you're saying you don't know what it's there for it's been there forever but is it does everyone sort of have that attitude about it like it's kind of it's been grandfathered in nobody thinks about it this almost reminds me of like um my grandfather when I asked him about you know certain customs that they have from the village he came from. He has no idea how to explain to me why why they continue to do I'm them. I'm not
1: saying I have no idea. I'm saying I, I think I can't. One, I can't speak for everybody, and it, it varies, right? Because you've got all sorts of different sites with different levels of uh, engagement in their audience and different topics. And it, when it comes to niche sites, I think the, the the idea is to foster discussion because you want to see what, other, what what your users' opinions are. You want feedback on content. You want to understand whether or not they're they're receiving it the way that you think they are. I mean, there are various ways to do that, right? Like you can measure objectively, look for things like clicks or whatever. But again, then you're going down a path of optimizing for this metric that isn't necessarily tied to quality, right? So I sure. mean, that's what we see on Facebook all day long. Uh, and I, I'm not singling them out. Everybody. Uh, everybody's using that metric, but like that is how you end up with clickbait is by optimizing yeah. solely for clicks. So you have some outlet there. It's it's relatively low friction. It's better than just sort of opening a, uh, uh, submissions to like email or something where nobody's you know, only the most uh, devoted users are really going to go down that path. So it's it's a lower friction way to get that. Wouldn't feedback. that
0: be higher quality then though?
1: Higher quality maybe, but again, it's I mean, not impossible. I'm going to into you. It, it, email an outlet to give them feedback.
0: I don't, but I guess just suggesting to me, like if I'm just looking at it at the face, that's why like describing it as a comment section, let's say you Jordan write an article and then there's comments and I say, Hey, as whatever reader. Hey Jordan, can you give me some more information about this? That to me is more um, like a, a, perhaps I mean, that's a question, but m- to me that's more of a interaction with the author or interaction with the, with, with the page itself, it seems like these become areas where people decide because like in a, in an umbrella, let's say it's news or it's politics at umbrella, whatever the article is and whoever the author is, it's all under this news umbrella. So therefore we can go here and duke it out. It has nothing to do with commenting to whoever wrote it. It has nothing to do with commenting about the article. It has nothing to do with potentially receiving more information from the article versus, so it's like an impulsive sort of, gut reaction that I think some people have, and they may even go there just for that, you know, because as you've described, there's no curation. It's just like, what can generate clicks? What can get more people there? So, you know, we're kind of funneling people towards this sort of thing with no interest in engaging with them at all. It's, you know, it's like, uh, if, if you write an article and I comment on that article, are you coming back to that article and saying, oh yeah, hey Mike, this is what I was referring to.
1: And that's what that's I think I think the intentions initially were good. I mean, but there are more fundamental questions I have about the structure of the internet and, and the accountability and and sort of how we cover content just generally, right like the fact I think there's a lot of things that are just sort of vestigial to like this is how we've done it now for however long since this has gone sort of mainstream digital like words on the page like we're seeing video become more popular mm-hmm. now. It's interesting that that's not becoming more of a, I think it's just like the structure of how we consume needs to change fundamentally before we change the medium. But like video is such a, so much faster way to absorb much more nuanced information, um, than reading text on a page. Likewise, same with internet comments, right? Like if people responded in that way, you know, I I think that would be an interesting way to sort of foster discussion and, and have it be, have less be lost in translation, which I think is another topic you want to talk about, like where we text each other all day and, There's so much lost in my interpretation of what you mean. And I think the same, you know, happens in internet comments all the time, but um, just more broadly, even outside of the internet comments attached to an article, a a text article, I have a more fundamental question about just the internet discussion generally and what we think the outcome and the benefit of that really is. Right. Like when when I think about the bulk of, the problems we're faced with today and and the issues of like uniting people with these viewpoints and the benefits therein. But when I think about how much division it's created and, and the way the world has changed as a result of it, the more that I feel like it's, I don't know. I mean, I, it's just so risky and, and I feel like there's so many bad things that happen as a result of people just sitting in this vacuum and, and, getting this they're like in an echo chamber of sure people with their own opinion and then the second they step out of it and encounter somebody with their opposing opinion it's just like sound bites to repel them right it's like oh liberal snowflake or oh trump tar this and and everyone's just polarizing 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 and it's all just reciting you know some bullshit that you saw on a meme now like there, like no one i feel like we're losing the ability to critically think as a result of the way of that information spreads via social media now um and i see this and i'm not trying to pick on people but i see um you know oftentimes i was having a discussion with somebody yesterday about this and about some of the stuff that's going on and it it was frustrating seeing like some of the sort of sound bites that I've seen pop up on posts where it's like, you know, how is this any different than like, why isn't Martin Luther King? You know, he was a peaceful protester and blah. blah, blah. Like you hear these, these things that are just rattled off and I've seen them appear on like an, an image. And it's like, let's not just, let's not get our information from fucking chain emails and, and let's not just recite it. Like, think about think through these things yourself uh do some background research remember that Martin Luther King was assassinated so let's not use him as an example you know what i mean it's just like i don't think that people are capable or as capable or as interested in forming their own opinion anymore i think they want to find a corner to be in for the fight and then i think they want to just see what's working for their cohorts and then just repeat that uh to stave off attack and likewise the, the, they they just want to everybody else just wants to do the same thing. And then we just, our corners become further and further apart. That's what I'm seeing.
0: See, I, I think it's like what you're describing. It, it, you just mentioned that they they might, you know, they're doing it for their cohorts. I don't even know if it's that connected, you know, it just feels to me like when I go through a comment section, so i well, I'll explain even from my own content that I published before and it, it being commented on. But uh, when you go through a comment section, It seems like, um, everyone's just trying to get their gratification through there. Like everyone's just trying to get off either because they agree or because they disagree or whatever it is. So if it's like an angry gratification or if it's a happy gratification, but I don't think it it produces anything worthwhile. So it, it goes to the, you know, the larger question of why it's there, but also to the user. So back when YouTube started, okay, um, you know car dorks know about this if you're a car enthusiast there's all these enthusiast forums and you could find the most specific car model and you go on there and talk about stuff and people may ask you some questions hey what about this part what about that part how does this exhaust sound blah 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 so during the birth of youtube i posted some videos about exhaust because someone had asked at another part of the country and it seemed easier to send the person a link than to email them a file that's too big okay so now i have videos on youtube of just a car revving. Cool. Could because someone asked for it later on they introduce comments right so i'm thinking like oh shit i didn't want people's <laughs> i don't want these people's feedback i thought it was just a link that could you know store information that i can share it with someone else and they could see it suddenly there are people there and it's not like anyone has a middle path view where they're giving advice it's like that's the fucking coolest shit ever and it you know it's like is the user, am I getting anything? Or that sounds fucking terrible. You should, you know, crash. Your, like what, like, just the most ridiculous thing. So who's, who benefits from any of this except for the person who in that moment is posting because they found someone that agrees with them and they feel, and whatever, they like the thing and they get gratified by that or they find someone to make fun of and they get gratified by that. But as a whole, what's going on? There's no, there's no, go ahead. You, you,
1: yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. Like, and then it, there's this whole danger too because there's, I think, as we become less connected as a society there are, and there are already people who sort of suffer from depression as a result of not having you know the levels of i think uh, emotional relationships in their life just generally and then we we become more disconnected and there's there you see these people turning to social media for gratification and then when they get attacked i mean you see this happening all the time with these like twitch streamers and youtubers and shit who are like reaching out, trying to have this meaningful relationship with their followers or whatever. And then they get attacked and made fun of or whatever. And then they commit suicide as a result of it. I mean, it's just such a, it's such a weird, it's like we go to the internet for this gratification and then when it's not there, we're surprised. And, and I'm not saying I'm not certainly not victim blaming here. I'm just saying like, it. it's weird that we continue to do this knowing that it's this anonymous place where all it takes is a few people and, and it's a snowball effect, right? Like once you get some contingent of people attacking, it's very easy then for others to pile onto that. Like, and you see that all the time. It's like, once there's the spark in the grain silo, boom, like everything can turn in a second if you have the right contingent of people that happen upon the content. And, um, and I'm focusing more on, on social media now. I mean, I do think like article commenting has its own, um, it's its own sort of fundamental question there, but just generally like complete rampant discussion about everything all the time. It's just not how anything else works. Like you're not just pulling everyone always about everything in your life or caring when it comes to real life interactions. And yet that's exactly how everything seems to work on the internet where we have to pull the, the court of public opinion every time, any decision is made uh, about anything, right? And we're seeing that now with like every current event being highly politicized. Like masks are politicized right now. And it's like, for fuck's sake, like why that would never have brought this example up a million times now, but that would have never happened a hundred years ago, right? We people would just been fucking told to wear their goddamn masks and then they would have done it and that would have been it. But now we have internet comments where everybody on Facebook's like, I'm not going to wear my mask because someone told me we have to rebel against the governor and it's just like that's re- that's really what we need to be doing right now i mean of all the things that we can devote energy to that's that's the thing uh, that we're going to get up in arms about literally i i wonder and I, I don't know what the solution is to this this is this is one of those things where i'm not suggesting censorship because i think that that's a slippery slope but then what is it you know i think this anonymity of the internet is just the veil that everybody needs to then become the worst version of themselves.
0: Well, that's, I mean, that's what I think when I was talking about uh, gratification, maybe I should explain um, clinically speaking jargon, clinical speak gratification doesn't necessarily mean like good things. It Just means anywhere you get a hit, okay, so if you do heroin, you're gratified if you, you I know, pet a fucking cat, you're gratified so it's not necessarily if you murder you know if you if you have rage and you murder someone you you may be gratified by that um th- that's what I'm referring to maybe more broad you know whatever in, in the broader clinical sense, but I do think that this has become a place where yeah because there's anonymity because consequence is very low until, you know, recent where there's a lot of focus on cancellation of people. But that's those people I think that are being canceled maybe have a tendency to be more transparent as this is happening from their social media accounts where they have a lot of representation of themselves. But aside from that, um, yeah the comment section in social media I kind of put in a different place than the comment section on a news article because the comment section on social media is like you're provoking a response from someone and i don't mean provocation in a bad way but you're saying like hey look at this i want you to look at it and tell me things and then you know people on twitter or facebook or whatever are like okay here's what i think and you know some people might respond in kind to your intensity or your uh way of communicating or some people may misinterpret or whatever um but in the in comment sections on other websites it, it's very confusing to me because it feels like this is where the least amount of accountability goes and these are on websites where let's say perhaps they should have the the highest level of of professionalism if you're considered like a a journalism website or a news website me talking shit on facebook it's like well who you know i'm just some moron like i'm not i'm not speaking as expert because i'm showing you you know i don't know what exhaust i put on my car or some bullshit like that Um, but if you're publishing an article and I'm assuming you did all of your work as a journalist or whatever, um, and it went through editors and, you know, whatever it went through a a fair process and it was done with diligence. Um, is it a good place to just allow everyone like what to, to just decide to get gratified there again for things not related to the, in my opinion, things not related to the author, things not related to the article, it it just never seems to focus that way. That does create that sort of, you know, I guess interchange that I'm assuming, again, I'm making a lot of assumptions, but assuming what the original intention of the comment section was for, Hey, tell me what you think about this article that I just, I just wrote on, you know, fucking eating cucumbers. I don't know, whatever. Just like, <laughs> tell me, tell me about what it, articles
1: right? are you reading, man? <laughs> no, <laughs>
0: but you know, like any, any, like why does WebMD, Maybe I just put them on blast. I think that they have a comment section. I might be talking on my ass here, but I feel like um, I've gone on different um, websites, and there's you know these are supposed to be—I shouldn't say reference guides like they're you know journal material that have been reviewed and validated. But they're they're you know fairly mainstream reference guides that people go to. What is the sake of the comment there? And it makes me just feel like it's short-sightedness on whoever the businesses are that are publishing there, because like you said, they're using this to track quality or I'm sorry, they're using this to track um, traffic and not necessarily worried about quality. And perhaps it becomes a part of this larger ad machine where, you know, um, we're not acknowledging the consequence that we're all contributing to. And maybe everyone is saying like, Oh, well the, you know, everyone does that. Every business does that. Well, how about, you know, we just reassess if there's any value to it. You know, at all. Yeah, aside, I mean, I don't like you said to the user.
1: I think, like from my standpoint, you know, I'm optimistic about the value that that's contained there, but I think it's hard to ignore the detriment that comes along with it. Right, like there are cases where I think you have like productive discussion happening, and it, and I, I like you want that, but again, how do you f- successfully filter that out? Sometimes.
0: Who goes back there though? Do you think it's discussion? Like if you go on, I don't know, WebMD and it's like, here, eat this thing. It'll make your fucking diarrhea go away. And then someone comments on it. Do you think they're going back and they're like, oh, well, let me see if someone responded to me. Oh, okay. I'll have that discussion with them. I'm not saying
1: engaging with the editorial folks on through the article yeah, comment. You're I'm, talking about other users that are commenting. I'm just saying if in your example, if, if it's like, hey, eat this thing and it'll cure your diarrhea, if somebody in the comments <laughs> is like, yeah, I tried that and it worked great, I'd say there's value there. If somebody's like, I tried this and I shit all over the place, lol, 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 like that's not super useful. Um, right. Because, the, you know, the, you just have trolls fucking everywhere. And the reality is oftentimes that you've got a higher contingent of the latter than the former and that's a problem. And And I think like I'm... Romantic about the value of the internet and and having you know more of the people who are posting the constructive stuff and sometimes you don't get depending on the site. If we're sticking with like the article example, there are some cases where you have with the proper the proper uh, checks and stuff in place, you have constructive conversation enough constructive conversation that I think it harkens back to like the original intent of fostering some sort of community and having that discussion. I think we're even more so things go off the rails is where the discussion is the content on social media. I mean, more often than not, it's like people don't even read fucking articles anymore. Right. It's like a headline and the deck get pulled into the preview and people will argue over that. And like the most prevalent comment I see now on social media as a, as a up post, when someone's like, "What the fuck are they doing?" blah 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 blah, I was like, "Did you read the article?" Like that's usually what people respond. Dude. And it's like, no one reads shit anymore. So they're they're having like that's that's another huge problem, which is not having the full context of what you're arguing about and arguing about it anyway.
0: You ever go on CNN? CNN's website. After a while, it 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 seems like uh, it'll decide that it wants to summarize the news for you, and it'll ask you, "Do you want us to summarize the news?" Like, holy shit, man! You're just how how do you summarize it? How are you deciding what parts to leave out here? Like that's construction of a narrative. This is not. (laughs) I don't know, and and it's not just them. It's it's uh, you know. I think all. I mean, yeah, we're one step away from
1: let us just tell you what to think.
0: Right, yeah. right, it's insane. But, yeah. that,
1: and, but it, you know, I think that that's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because that's what we want, right? We don't want to spend time having to worry about this stuff. I don't want to, you know, I think back in the day, like, to when I feel like both both of my grandfathers had just had, like, the news on all the time, just absorbing it. Like, even if it was just secondary, it's on in the background, you know. And and uh, I don't know if, if that's, like, a common thing, but I just, I feel like that was the way that people consume news before. It's like, you just have it on particularly once cable came about, it's like, you just have it on your news channel of choice and you're kind of absorbing that in the background. But then the 24 hour news cycle re- like really changed things. Now everything is news. It's like breaking At like anytime, you know, the queen fucking farts or something, we have to have a push notification sent to our phone. And that's a whole problem in and of itself. And then with that, the court of public opinions layered on top. And so we just have noise, 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 noise all day long. I mean, I could count the number of push notifications I'll get today. Whether or not something earth shattering is going to happen, I guess it depends on your definition of what's earth shattering. I think our definition of what is earth shattering has changed because now everything is earth shattering. Like, uh, I've, I've probably gotten seven different push notifications about that Glee actress that's missing in la or whatever who went out of the boat and whatever and like that's tragic and i'm not trying to trivialize that but like does the entire world need to know about that do we need to oh, interrupt your regularly scheduled programming for that push push
0: interview? is monetized no no i mean that's the point i
1: mean it. it's it's a call to action to draw you into the content where the content itself sure. is monetized but um yeah i mean the, the motives are certainly such that it's
0: provocation
1: Right. I mean, it's the same as, it's just another form of sort of clickbait or whatever to draw. Like if everything is newsworthy, you'll be more apt to engage with it. Right. Mm -hmm. (coughs) (coughs) But I think there's this more prevalent problem on the commenting side, which which enforces that where we will engage with all this stuff. So if we weren't engaging with it and there wasn't the conversation, I don't think, you know, we wouldn't have this problem, but I think it's human nature to want to present your viewpoint and 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 engage with everything especially when you disagree with it and then we just end up with this vat of toxicity and filth uh, in every facebook post and every twitter post
0: and comment section i think that the other danger with this stuff is there's the overt um contact that you make with with the comment section which is like if you're commenting or if you're not commenting like the overt contact but then there's also the covert contact which it's like you may be i don't know reading about stool softeners i don't know why i'm on this i think i have some problems (laughs) i haven't looked anything yet i'm feeling all right but anyway sorry to gross everybody (laughs) out i still feel good maybe i'll i will be using this stuff later and i can give you a real cucumbers um anyhow um if I'm going on there and I'm reading, I don't know, news, whatever reference, anything like that. And it goes down into the comment section. I may not be actively choosing to engage with it. I might just be like scrolling down. And then I recognize that the article ended where the comments begin. And then I'm already exposed to some of the comments. And I may choose not to overtly engage with the comments where I'm writing on them. And I want to have like, you know, a battle with someone on there or, you know, I think some might say a conversation, but I would say that that doesn't happen so often. But, I'm still making contact with that section. So then when I leave there, I'm like feeling a certain kind of way. And I think that that's more difficult to you know gauge perhaps because it's not like I behaved in that moment. There wasn't a behavior that was produced in that moment, but there was a feeling that was produced. There may be thoughts that are you know then ruminating that may cause me later to behave in a different way or act in a different way. And I feel like this is a piece that, no one is really accounting for, you know, no one is thinking about that because it doesn't matter if I engage and say a bunch of shitty things in the comment section, or if I just read a bunch of shitty things, it may make me feel differently. It may make me, you know, my, my perspectives of, of people might become poisoned or the world or whatever poison may be too strong, but you know, in some cases I think that's even fair to, to refer to it that way.
1: Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting too. like thinking about the way that news has changed over, you know, the past century, let's say in in terms of, it was, it was basically like we had put these people in place that, you know, through over the years that we entrusted with deciding what was newsworthy. Right. It's like they, by, by working their way through the ranks and in writing articles and understanding like what made sense to cover and what made sense not to cover when you think about like the big time news anchors back to, you know, in broadcast television days, like they ultimately were the, they were the decision makers in, in deciding what the public should hear about. And there are tons of examples of where news was withheld because it was deemed dangerous for public consumption or it put people at risk or, you know, it was a national security threat or whatever. Um, and, and I think news, you know, the providers went through, great pains to make sure that they were letting us know only about what was the most important. There was also time allotment, right? Like you, you had whatever the six o'clock news and you had mm-hmm. your hour to make your impact. And then it was on to the rest of the regular schedule program. Now it was curated. It was curated. You know? It had to be because you had a limited amount right. of time. Now it's just everything all the time, nonstop on multiple, you know, via multiple outlets. You have, TV, radio, podcasts, internet articles, YouTube videos. I mean, it's like in everything in between with every political affiliation in between. There's not just like four core, you know, television channels and one hour a day of, of their broadcast is spent on news. You've got just everything you can think of. And so, within that, layering in the comment portion of it and having the court of public opinion filter bolted on, it's just like, it's kind of no wonder we ended up where we're at, right? We're not, we're not entrusting pros to decide what will really change our outcome if we don't know about it and things that we need to know about, whether it's to protect ourselves or hold our government accountable or whatever. It's like everything all the time with, with whatever your particular political affiliation, you know, is sort of spun onto it just to make sure that it resonates a little bit more with you. Um, it's very dangerous. And then, to, to see on top of that uh, internet discussion, which I hesitate to even call it that, further polarizing things and driving division. It's just, it's kind of shocking. You know, I, I don't I don't get a great feeling. It's like now when I see something where there is like really productive conversation happening, like there are, there are even now like news sites and accounts on Instagram and stuff popping up that are like specifically to cover good news. It's like, that's how bad it is now that that's like a, it's like a, it's like a sub content. It's it's like a category of news now, which is, we're just going to cover things that are a positive things so that we can feel good because everything else is so shitty now. You know,
0: I don't think that'll work though, because again, that doesn't produce the same like levels of gratification as, you know, like someone getting angry, gratified in the kind of, you know, it's nearly addictive for some people. I, I'm curious. There, there may be research regarding this. I'm not aware of it. As I've mentioned, I do psychotherapy stuff, not research stuff, so I'm not always up on it. But I'd be very curious to know if this sort of, um, you know, like the content that's producing outrage does create <coughs> enough release where someone becomes dependent then on having that type of displaced release. Um, where they come back because they need that hit again, where I don't think people are going to do that for good news. Like, hey, cats were born, you know? And you're like, oh, and then you just move on, you know? Um, if, you know, fucking cats are owned by Nazi people is, the, is, <laughs> is what the conversation is, you're going to get outraged and you'll remember that more often and then you'll perpetuate the information more likely than, you know, sharing like a, a nice little video of like a baby with kittens all over it or something like that
1: yeah I mean it's it's weird when you think about then what is the solution right I mean the, a thought about an internet without some sort of way of interacting is it's like okay what, what are we doing then
0: but, but why though what well see why did it become about that kind of interacting what's the point but there's about nothing the good of that information, comes from
1: I guess the question is like it you know is there a place for social media just generally like I, I think there's value in Having a close knit circle of friends and and sharing your lives, right? I mean, there are dangers. And
0: Everyone's got a phone, though. Why why can't you just? Uh, you and I have never interacted on social media, <laughs> ever.
1: Right, I'm saying. Who's your we, cl- you what close knit
0: friends are you doing it? But we're with? doing that I guess over the
1: internet, right? I mean, you're you're likening our our message thread. Uh, so like more of a phone specific thing, but I mean, that, that is something that's shared over the internet, right? Like we are.
0: Correct. Correct. That's like the the medium. Sure. Hmm. But I mean, web pages and, and social media pages. I have a direct line to you for communication. You have a direct line for I me. I think back to you. I the- would be willing to bet that you, all of your interactions that you have with people, like you got this new car and you're excited. And I'm going to guess that you contacted the people that you're closest to to let them know you got it and you sent some photos to them. Yeah. As opposed to sending them photos on their Facebook account or some shit.
1: I posted like a thing on an Instagram story, which is another – like I think that's a lower friction cool thing because it's like it's there for 24 hours, then it's gone. I mean that's – I think that's one way in which – there are like cool subsets of things. It's like, here's a glimpse into my life in this rolling 24 hour window, but it's not like, here's an album of all my new pictures of my new car. And then here's an album. Like, I, I think that that's kind of one step in the right direction because it's not cataloged forever. There is no, people can only respond to you. They can't respond to, unless they like screenshot it and post it. Like I can't, I'm looking at your story. All I can do is reply to your story and say, hey, cool car. I can't say like, fuck this guy's car and blast you in the thread. So it's more of a one-to-one interaction, which maybe that's part of why it's become a popular thing because you're not inviting that conversation. Um, And basically every social network has that kind of ability now um, to like a story-like function. But yeah, I don't post really anything on Facebook anymore. Maybe when we go on a trip or something and I know like family is like interested to see pictures of what we're doing and shit, I'll post that. Um, But imagine a social network where that was basically all it was. It was like a very close, like it was only your immediate friends and family. I don't know how you'd vet that. I mean, that's where Facebook went off the rails, but initially Facebook was in, in my space and all these things were very focused on you connecting to people that you knew like for real in real life and having this more like it was a one to many connection, but it allowed you to share your life with your friends in a way that was more connected than, you know, at the time, before group texts and shit, just sending emails out to everybody or, or whatever, like it was just an easier way to engage and to maintain a, a glimpse into your life where friends and family could consume it. Now it's just, it's like been spun on its head and it's more about like outlets putting out content and, and everybody interacting with it. And then Facebook sticking with that example, sort of curating and and excerpting things and highlighting them so that I can see things. And it's optimized for, you know, what's going to resonate the most with you and what you're going to engage with. And it's not just this feed anymore, like eliminating all of that curation and just having the stream as it happened and eliminating the focal, the focus on commenting and more just putting it back on people and their lives, I think is interesting. And, and, you know, I, I would wonder if there would be if there is opportunity for you know a new social network or like a new way of consuming content from friends and family that that would resonate with people because i don't think we're unique in getting burnt out on the way things are right now
0: i, I it's not it's beyond burnt out i just i guess is there some sort of way of determining what the value is at all for anyone that's using I mean that's a it? philosophical or was this an question. idea right right or was this an idea that never got tested afterwards it just it got created people responded to comment sections in different areas and then they were like cool there's engagement and it's never been reassessed as to whether like it's useful to the consumer to the company to anybody and it's just become grandfathered in with like part of the tradition of you know visiting a website or a social media thing but again i, I mean I, there's
1: there's a broad i mean there's so much nuance in that it's not like there was a meeting of of like figureheads across all of like internet media that made a decision on this i mean it was something that i don't i don't know where the very first comments section appeared and what the decision behind that was and um you know you have all sorts why has it
0: become standard i guess like every it company hasn't, i mean like there are your people, company has comments no
1: there are plenty of of companies that have added it and rolled it back or have have done varying things like in between and uh, regulate it. Like the New York times was the example I used earlier where, um, I don't know if they used to have completely, if they just had normal comments, but I I thought there was a point of time where they didn't. And then they added it back in, but it's heavily curated now. Um, I think CNN,
0: do they have it anymore? Bro. I don't know, but I can't imagine that it could be anything productive on CNN or Fox curious because I I know they used to,
1: and it was insane. (laughs) Um, and I think they might've removed it curious to check but
0: but even that on new york times you know it's supposed it has a certain prestige which you I also feel have like to pay i think i think you have to be yeah, a yeah.
1: member to comment which of course validates to some extent like if you're willing to pay the whatever 12 bucks a month um uh, then presumably you find value in the content and if you find value in the content you're not going to be like just there to troll like I, I think that there's some quality control just baked into uh you know, the, the means of having the ability to comment to begin with. I'm more interested really in the social media side. I've oh got auto playing video. Um, <laughs> I'm more interested in the social media <laughs> side just broadly because I, again, I think the commenting is the content to some extent. And because no one's even reading the source articles anymore, that that's created like the bulk of right the danger here. Um, and I don't know how you solve that. You know, I don't know. I think that people just, it's like, we just care. It's like we we are starved for this interaction now and we need to have this discourse and it doesn't even matter what it's about. It'll, it can be about the most trivial things. And this week it's about wearing masks. That's what people are going to get angry about because they're seeing other people getting angry about not wearing masks. And so it's become this politicized thing. But uh, why are we not focused on the other millions of important newsworthy topics in the world today? Because there's not they're not incendiary enough to have a passionate discussion about. Like I, I
0: don't know. It's hey again, it's not a discussion. I almost feel like here, why don't we just stop comments and just go straight to the source and we'll bring back gladiatorial games and you could just go watch people murder each other to get your bloodlust uh gratification. And there you go. Let's just go straight let's just go all in, man. Because why do a subtle uh sub you know like <laughs> psychological subversion over time that's happening that you may not recognize is happening. Let's just go. <laughs> I'm being I'm being a smart ass but I'm not at the same I I feel like what, what what's going on here just because it's not that obvious and overt is there like you're suggesting it's not even about the article. It's like the the commenting is the entire content and if the entire content is a fucking shitstorm what <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'd be interested what? to see if there's a research study or something where you looked at the amount of like an article, a cross section of it, how many page views it and like what the consumption looked like at the actual article level, the source. But then if you did, if it was something that went viral, what the level of discussion that went on on social, like all social networks, that's the sum of it. Cause I bet there are cases where you have a great, a far greater level of discussion happening than people who actually like click through to the actual source and read it and consumed it as it was intended. Um, then people who are just like reading the headline and the description and you know going bananas about it on in the comment section of Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Um,
0: right but that's the point no one gives a shit about the article like you suggested it just becomes a place where people want to go and, and fight I think is what it is so if we're selling fighting of course we would have an outrage culture in a cancel culture and a polarization and a whatever, because if that's the thing that people are most engaging with and it's most encouraged because it's monetized, I mean, I don't know that that seems pretty obvious to me that there's no, well, there's no value to it. And we're
1: seeing, you know, we're seeing uh, over the past few weeks that advertisers mm-hmm. don't necessarily want to be affiliated with that. I mean, because of what Facebook's done <laughs> and I, I, I always feel like I'm singling them out, but it, it it's because they're the, they're the most obvious example. It's the, it's a huge social network, um, and it's it's often in the news. Um, but you know, you're seeing advertisers who are pulling ad dollars out out of advertising on Facebook because they're like, we don't really want to have our content alongside um, you know hate speech or misinformation or whatever. They're not doing enough, in our opinion, uh, to hedge that. And so for now, um, or we're going to pull ad dollars, which Okay. You know, I think that's noble, but also suspect timing, considering we're in a recession and everybody's pulling ad dollars anyway. So, I mean, it's like, Hey, we're going to mm. take a stand, uh, but we have to cut our ad budget anyway. You know, it's that, that's a whole other,
0: it's convenient to cut it just like in the, the
1: insurance companies <laughs> who are like, we're doing a give back. And it's like, yeah, wasn't that a part of like, isn't that a requirement? Because we're no that one's is, driving right, our right. cars right now. And so you can't be, charging. Yeah. anyway. Um, yeah. So I think where we are seeing this increased call for sort of regulation of that, but fundamentally, and I don't blame, I think that we need, we need the media companies, the social media companies, the outlets, the technology has to have, you know, they have to be held responsible to, to filter the stuff and to do what they can to hedge it. But at the same time, I think this is also just a result of human nature and our need for, to your point, like, this engagement on some level if we're not getting it here we're getting it somewhere else and the internet is the most accessible way to do that now and so maybe the best case is for us to create some new way for us to just take our aggressions out online in some other way that's more constructive or less destructive
0: didn't like first person shooters do that at some <laughs> <laughs> so everybody
1: just <laughs> was that supposed go to go buy a playstation play and Fortnite or, Call or, or whatever
0: fun. yeah yeah, I, I guess I'm just looking at this overall is, is there any place where there are, I don't know, there's anyone thinking of systemic consequence to some of these things? Because I think we all can see it, obviously. Um, I think users, obviously, can all tell you, even people who've engaged in like the dirty activities of going to... um you know, like say shitty things online. I think that they can also recognize that there's really no value to it. So if we can all obviously see that as users, is there any place where, you know, there's a decision that is made of like, you know what, let's just let's just can this. Yeah. This is not a, a helpful way of doing anything. Let's shift our model here. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know.
1: That's happened and it continues to happen and it, I think it will continue to happen. I think, again, though, that doesn't necessarily solve the problem because I think, you know, these people... There's so much nuance in between, right? Like you've got you've got constructive dis- conversation and discourse, you've got destructive conversation and discourse, you've got everything in between. And the people who I think making it really easy to have that conversation, you know, in in the article, that's one thing. But that's still gonna get posted with no context on a social network and there's still gonna be incendiary discussion in Facebook groups. And then the models flipped because then oftentimes, you know, you know, examples like the Tesla groups that I'm in, someone will post an article about, you know, Elon doing this. And then it's just a big like Elon fan fest. And you're only getting this one side from this, this group of people who like the, what the reason they've united right. is in their fandom around, you know, this figurehead. I think that's another side of the danger, which is then you're not, you're not getting the full gamut of conversation in the cart, the article section, because maybe there's no political alignment but then it's just a crapshoot. Then you get it on your social network, where the 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 following mechanism is rooted in an area of interest or or a political alignment or whatever. So then, when it's like, you know, I'm in my conservative fan group or I'm in my liberal fan group, then everything is is presented through that lens, and then it's even more po- then it's polarized, which is another issue. So then the question is like, do do we need any of this? Like, do we just shut it fucking all off? If you want to post a story, like an article, if you're like, hey, everybody check this out. Maybe what if you could do that without comment or without, if you could not, if people could only engage with you on it, like back to the Instagram, Facebook story model, where if I could just give you a glimpse of it and say, here's this, you know, I read this article today. I think you guys should too. You could only respond to me and say, hey, I read that and I think it's bullshit. That's one thing. But if, Everybody else doesn't see that, and if that doesn't like, then provoke everyone to pile on. Is that a more constructive way to consume and to interact with the poster of the content, which is what the in- initial intent is? Like, how many times have you seen on Facebook, um, person A, who you're friends with, post something?
0: Zero times. I have no friends. <laughs> this is more rhetorical <laughs> yeah, than for people who everybody else who does have social media.
1: Person A posts something, perhaps political you're maybe you engage with it and then friend of person a person b comes in and they start saying well blah blah blah," blah," and then you're so now i'm i'm engaging with somebody i've never met who my connection with is through the friend who posted the content to begin with but then you're getting in this discussion with somebody that is also their friend and then it, it turns into this whole you know snowball effect and it's it's like such a weird way to connect it's like our connection is through this person now i'm engaging with you on this thing and you've never met me and I've never met you. And yet now we're, we're like in it and that's just not a situation that would normally happen. Like perhaps at a party or whatever you'd, you'd have like a political conversation and whatever, but it would be more cordial and we remove all those checks and balances and, and the societal influences and our apprehensions to like get in a fist fight with somebody that we just met. And it just, it's the wild West. That's, what I get worried about with the way that we sort of invite this discourse now. But if it's just one-to-one, if I could post things and you could look at it and we could have, we could engage on it individually. I think that, I mean, that's an interesting way, you know, be, I'd be curious to see if you had a social network where it was like only rooted in that sort of one-to-many output, but one-to-one engagement back with the, the, the content uh, creator, if that would increase the quality of whatever well, interaction.
0: Look, see here's the thing. I I I don't know enough historically, but I I'm, I'm pretty sure that these social media places and these commenting places came out before the version of smartphones that we have now, right? So like what the what is Not the point really, of though.
1: I mean it just depends on which one you're talking about. An
0: iPhone came out in 2006, yeah. When did Facebook come out? Prior to 2006. When did Twitter come out? Prior to 2006. When did commenting on things? Come yeah, up but they didn't blow up
1: until it was on everybody's smartphone. I mean, sorry, Facebook, I guess, blew up, but uh, I the the nonstop engagement all day. Like people got on Facebook for a bit and, and interacted with it, but in terms of like interactions per day, I don't I, I don't think that that really went off the charts until smartphones came about.
0: So I guess well, here's my point: we had we use the internet as the connecting point right it's the road and you can give me all that information I can group thread you in you and I could be like one to many I can send to 15 people uh, the same message and I can receive the information back from 15 different people where it's one to one why don't we do that what, what what is our fascination with having the world have to see um, all of it having it have to be there I know I know I know but it's just like wh- why it's just a waste of time. We have other mediums that are more efficient that are of higher yeah, quality. I mean, it's
1: most if, of my interaction now is, is through group chats. Like I message group right. chats where it's just like me right, and right. four friends or whatever. And we're just like, Oh, look at this car. Or you and I just right. back and forth all the time. Like I don't <laughs> post most, like it's rare that I'll post something for everyone to see anymore. I, I and I think, yeah, it's more because it just get it's exhausting. I think that I, I don't, I feel like the pro- the cons outweigh the pros nowadays and I don't know that I need the gratification in that way. I mean, sometimes it's like, of course, we all do to some extent. I mean, that's human nature and that's what we're talking about. But, uh, you know, it's like these celebrities that post shit and I just immediately like, why, knowing the world that we live in and knowing that cancel culture exists. And even if you have this opinion, like, why did you need to make a comment that, even had a 10% chance of being seen as like insensitive or divisive or whatever. Like just shut the fuck up, like post pictures of your dog or whatever. But like, why, like why are people continuing to do this? And it's like, they, obviously it's this need for gratification validation where they're like, what's well, roll the dice on it. I'm going to say something stupid or post a picture of myself in blackface. And it's like, dude, even in, it's not even in hindsight, it's like you should have had the foresight to know that this is a fucking suicide mission. Um, but I think that people just, I think people are sad. I think they need outside influence to feel better about themselves and, and social media gives them a means of doing that. And internet comments are a crapshoot, but when, when they're good, I think they're good. People feel good, better about themselves and they feel like they're influencing followers or whatever, but we see how quickly and, uh, how common it is for that to go off the rails.
0: Yeah. I I just, I don't know. I, I tend to think that it's just, it's, it's like a disconnected circuit, you know, there's not real exchange. Like for something to be a true social network, meaning me, you, and some friends get together and we go sit down somewhere and we go out often and we exchange information. A true social network has consequence because there's not anonymity. Okay. And there's, there's real content because the content is tangible to everyone that's involved and it kind of, it creates a system where everyone that belongs to that system is kept in line, right? Like we all figure out a different type of system. Every system's different. It doesn't matter. But every like friend group or peer group or social network in the real world has its own rule set and it has its own, you know, um, let's say consequence set in a way of conducting themselves within the social network. So until that, until there could be a place, I think in like internet, social networking or social media where um, you can have the same sort of, uh, potential social consequence in real time. I just feel like it's going to produce crap because the whole reason, you know, why even psychologically, if you look at psychological development, uh, the whole reason why we don't just respond to things that are gratifying us all the time is because there are limits to gratification within a social network, within a peer group. And you, you'd become too hedonistic if you're only pursuing gratification. So the group that you're with kind of puts you in check and then you find the limit of how much gratification can I get before I receive any sort of consequence or punishment. And that's where I'm going to try to work within the social group that I'm in. And that's how, you know, families work and relationships work and friends work and corporations work. And that's where we all are with that. But when you just let it off into the world of social media and I can get like hedonistic and it's nearly encouraged to be hedonistic on any commenting section on social media or on the internet without the consequence. Well, it's like now you're not even having a real interaction anywhere. So I don't know from my perspective that it offers any value. And I think it would be completely fair to like flush it down the toilet entirely. Um, If someone is providing factual scientific information, fine, but that's happening somewhere in an academic setting or a journal or whatever. It's, it's not happening on a, on a social media site. This is just like ego feeding, id feeding without any sort of like super ego check that that happens on anyone it just creates <clears throat>
1: right i think mass. to your point you made a comment about anonymity and i mean the interesting thing is that like i think what would solve a lot of the problems and what the direction that we're going on the internet are diametrically diametrically opposed meaning with gdpr and ccpa and all these privacy acts and things where it's like we are increasing what are those uh, so i don't know what like that is. Just- internet protections against data collecting, data mining, uh, using our information to target advertising. Like It's very, very easy now to go to a site, quickly find out all the information that they've gathered about you and delete it or request for deletion. And there's like certain time they have to turn around really quickly and delete that. I mean, th- this is something that's come about over the past few years after everything that happened in 2016. And Europe in particular is very uh, protective and, and careful about this. So we're, we're increasing anonymity because it's very easy to then go and delete all your data, which I think is an important thing. However, when we're talking about internet commenting and, and a lot of what stems from this anonymity, I think that's a problem, right? Like that that is one, if you look at the way that it differs um, in o- oftentimes like online commenting or even social media, I mean, yeah, you you think that you're looking at the person's first and last name and that that's really them and that's a picture of them I mean, you, you comment on this all the time. Like some of these people are like mm-hmm. clearly bots or clearly right. just aliases or whatever. There's no check and balance. I can go create an email account in five seconds and and create, you know, Joe blow uh Facebook profile and throw a picture up from fucking, you know, stock photos. The, this, this layer of anonymity is I think dangerous if we're going to have, if we're going to promote discourse uh, and and try to, Foster discussion, right? Like if I can be anybody I want, and we see this all the time. If there's no credibility, uh, there's nothing stopping, you know, the Russians from coming in and just creating a bunch of fucking fake accounts and and stirring the turds and then walking away and, and watching us fight, right? This happens all the time, right, and right. so those two things are. I don't know that you can have one without sort of fighting against the other, and I think that's that's where the danger is. If we want anonymity, then we need a more controlled way to have this discussion. And I just don't know that that exists given this current structure of the internet, whether it's social media, whether it's articles, whether it's whatever. Um, and then to that end, perhaps more people will come around to like where you and I are, you know, I think like I'm just burnt, I'm burnt out on, on the discussion, and the lack of substance in it. And so now, I mean, the only real participation that I feel like I have is through things like the Instagram stories where it's like, I really only follow a handful of people, a handful of people follow me. I post stuff. It's there for 24 hours. It disappears. And it's mostly like, here's a glimpse into like something stupid, you know, the cat's fucking doing something stupid or whatever. Like it's not, there's no substance there, but it's just fun to post stuff like that and, and give people that glimpse. If they want to send me a message about it, they can, but I'm not inviting strangers to interact with other strangers in the comments and in the context of this photo or whatever, I'm not posting it for to be there for all of eternity. And so that's why it's appealing to me. And I I wonder if that will become more appealing to people in time as we get burnt out on the shit show that is social media and and internet commenting. Word. Maybe that's like a, maybe that's like a business idea for somebody who's just create some sort of one to many output but but many to one response like like an instagram stories social network where it you can you can blast out to your subscribers they can only respond to you and that's that's the whole that's the whole profile you could have comments on it and maybe you'll see everybody's comments aggregated but they can't interact with each other or something would that solve the problem
0: I don't know. I, this part of me says yes. It'll be a different platform. I, I think, unfortunately, there's been part of us now that is conditioned to go and get our angry gratification from these sources. So it it, it may just leak out someplace else. Yep,
1: probably. But where we we yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have to. I, we, in right. In a long enough scale, I mean, this this problem becomes more and more and more serious, and so I think that we have to. I think we're the subject of the platforms, and so it's it is the platform's responsibility to try to you know put checks in place or to eliminate it or to do whatever they can to to you know solve these problems. And I mean, we're seeing that, but it's just like I hope it's not too late, and I hope that people are smart enough to understand what's happening here um, and and to limit their engagement with something that is so problematic. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we're we're starting to see these these giants take uh, steps to regulate the stuff and to crack down on it. And and I hope, you know, one way that you can ensure that and, and which is what happened, what's happening is advertisers holding them accountable. If the money starts to go somewhere else, then they're, they're, you know, they're going to have to solve the problem. And unfortunately, that's a problem in capitalism, but um, you know, Hey, if they start holding them accountable, change is afoot. So I guess that's working to some extent. We'll see what happens.
0: Word. All right. Yeah another I'm uplifting good. one
1: <laughs> so stay our, my advice in closing just stay away from these posts stay away read stuff have your opinion don't read stuff no i mean read just articles consume news world. but yeah, yeah. Sure. uh try not to go into like facebook uh spiral mode and reading all the comments and caring what they say try to form your own opinion be a critical thinker etc especially on youtube That sometimes youtube is just like oh my god people are terrible <sighs>
0: <laughs> All right, man. All right. Take care. See you. <laughs>